Hello and welcome to the Dive Deep Climb High podcast. I'm Mel Luizu and together with my guests, we explore all different aspects of leadership in higher education. With inspiring stories, practical tips and a little bit of fishiness, this show will help you dive deep into the leader you are and climb high, unleashing your power and potential. Dive deep, climb high, can-do leadership in a world of can't. When have you felt like a fish that climbed a tree? What does a fish climbing a tree mean to you? When have you dived deep into the person you are, the leader you are? This is what we're going to be exploring on the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast. And I'm so excited because today is episode one. And with me, I have the most phenomenal woman. She's a property investor, a podcast host, a life purpose coach, a fulfillment master coach, and an all-round fabulous, fabulous person. She is the person who has mentored me in getting this podcast out into the world. Now, ordinarily, I would be the one asking the questions. But today, I'm going to hand the gauntlet over to my fabulous mentor and coach, Amy Rowlinson. Welcome to the show, Amy. Oh, Mel, thank you so much. What a privilege to be asked to do this for you because your show is phenomenal. Working with you over the last few weeks and it's been a really fast turnaround that you've done this in. From the idea to almost the delivery, we it's been a matter of, of moments. It feels like it's been fantastic. So thank you. Let's get this going, shall we? Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you the kind of obvious question well it's obvious to me why dive deep climb high dive deep climb high because for me leadership is all about those moments of diving deep into who we are as a person and as a leader and then by doing that we're able to climb high to fulfill our aspirations and goals but also unleash the potential of those around us. And of course, it fits quite nicely into my own philosophy, the fish climb trees philosophy, which is all about can-do leadership in a world of can't. So tell me, Mel, inspired by Einstein? Well, I thought so <laughs> until I wrote my book and Whilst many people attribute the quote to Einstein, there's no actual proof that it was Einstein. But whoever said it was totally and utterly brilliant. And the quote is, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its whole life believing that it is stupid. It was the inspiration for the name of my company, Fish Climb Trees, my book, When Fish Climb Trees, 
And now, of course, my podcast, Dive Deep, Climb High. And that judgment piece, that believing that you're stupid for not being able to do something, what part does that play into all of the work that you do? It's huge and it really underpins everything because that's about mindset and belief and that whole idea of self-fulfilling prophecy. So if we believe that we can't do something, then the chances are we'll never be able to do it. But if we open that door and say, I can do this, I don't have to be the best, but I can do it, then it opens all sorts of doors, not just for us personally, but for all of those people that we work with. And so many times in the work that I do, whether it's coaching one-to-one or working with teams, there's that whole belief that this person can't do this or I can't do this. And then the stories we tell ourselves and how that comes out in our actions and our behaviours. And therefore, what we think is what we get. And I think that's a key aspect of leadership. And no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing a keynote presentation, I'm in coaching, I'm I'm facilitating a leadership development programme, whatever it is, that is a message that gets reiterated again and again and again. Probably like the thought that I, and I remember having a conversation with you a year ago, and oh no, I, I'd never, I'd never have my own podcast show, happy to go on other people's, but here we are a year later going, I can absolutely do this and I totally believe in it. So why now? What's, what's happened for you to do it now, Mel? There's no doubt is there that the last two years have been incredibly difficult for people. And thank goodness we're starting to come out of it. But almost the challenge starts now. The workplace is changing. There's lots more flexible working. There's a lack of staff. So so recruiting staff, good staff, is really difficult. And then retaining them is even harder. And there's many more challenges ahead. And I think now more than ever, great leadership is essential. And therefore, for me, as somebody in that, that leadership change management space, it just feels like the right time to to put some ideas and ideology out there through the people that I've worked with, the people that I know, people within the sector that I'm going to be focusing on so that people have some support. They know they're not alone. They know there's other people out there experiencing the same issues and they can find that help if they want it. So what constitutes great leadership, Mel? Oh, such a question. And if I could answer it in one sentence, I guess it wouldn't be a podcast about it. (laughs) So for me, great leadership is, is multifaceted on many, many different levels. And I think that you don't have to have a team to demonstrate great leadership. There is something around personal leadership. And if we promoted that within the workplace, how phenomenal would that be? Also, I was trying to think, what does leadership mean for me? And I came up with two words. Leadership is about being brave. And it's about being brave because 
sometimes you have to go against the tide, the vast majority of opinion. You have to stand up for what you believe in. You have to be brave to dive deep into who you are because you can't hope to lead other people until you can lead yourself. And that's a journey I've been on for the last 20 years in terms of diving deep into who I am and recognizing that there is no one route to success. On the leadership program that I run, I started by saying, there is no one route to success. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Following a 10 step plan is not going to make you a brilliant leader unless you've created that plan for yourself and understand your superpowers, but also what are your blind spots as well. And recognizing that that changes over time. So it's really about being brave and recognizing who you are and standing in your power. And I think once you can do that, you are on a road to success. But the road for success for me wouldn't be the same as the road for success for you. Yeah, perfect. And you mentioned that it's been a 20 year journey. What was the catalyst that kicked you started this journey, Mel? So there are two people that I need to thank, really. One is a guy called Tim Parry, who was the training officer when I was working in a university. And I think I always had, and, and it's an interesting discussion, innate leadership skills. I really believed in the power of the team. I was a good communicator, but I had plenty of blind spots as well. And Tim came to me one day and said to me, Mel, I think that you could benefit from some coaching. And coaching wasn't a word that was bandied around back then. And I was like, coaching, never heard of it. I'm not a football coach. I don't know. Um, and I said, okay, I'm up for it. Great. And so um, he found me a coach. And I remember I had two hours with this lady. And I came out and I just said, that was just the most phenomenal experience because I was just allowed to talk and voice my opinions. And, and even in that very, very first session, I had a couple of light bulb moments. And then through that, Tim introduced me to a gentleman called Daryl Scott, who is an NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming Trainer. And I went on his 10-day program for NLP in in business and it did change my life I felt in those 10 days I certainly dived deep I had moments of absolute crisis and oh my god what am I doing but at the end of those 10 days I remember feeling like almost a fish that had climbed a tree and I wrote him a quote and unfortunately I never kept it but I, it went along the lines of, I feel like an alien has overtaken my body and I have a sense of calm and clarity that I have never known before. And that marked the start because it totally changed my perception. I had the realisation that if I wanted to create things in the world, then I had to start with me. And 
all of it and and that is the biggest thing that we can we can learn I believe on that leadership journey is how to do that and I did it in a very profound way and since then I've never stopped doing it everything that I do is around that whole part of diving deep even this podcast process that we've been through has caused me to dive deep reflect really think about what sort of podcast do I want to create what is it what's the experience I want to create for the audience what do I want people to go away with but that ultimately starts with me and being true to who I am and I love that. And I think it's so important because so many people dive into creating a podcast without thinking about who they're speaking to. And they then subsequently end up with pod fade because they don't really know what they're trying to achieve. So having the clarity and that sense of calm all of these years and culminating in, in creating this podcast, who is your audience? So my audience is the higher education sector. It is is a sector that I have been in and worked with for over 20 years. And I absolutely love it. It is big, complex, messy. And I think that it is, it is often misunderstood. I almost describe it as Hogwarts, that people sort of no bits about it, but in, unless you're in it, you don't understand the nuances, like many sectors. And I think it's an, a sector that can be incredibly frustrating, but also incredibly rewarding. And these are institutions that are training, facilitating, embracing the next generation of leaders in all different walks of life. And I just love it. And, and I think the people working within it have had an incredibly difficult couple of years. I also think that sometimes because of their complexity and the, the size of them, that leadership can, can go way down on, on the agenda for people. They're, they're, they're so busy in the moment dealing with the students of the current year, future years, that, that actually that leadership part can sometimes be missed. And I don't think there is anybody currently out there doing a podcast that focuses particularly on higher education. Of course, it will be valid to anybody interested in leadership, but actually I want to get into the nuances and I want to bring in guests that are from outside the sector that have influenced my development journey, but also people from within the sector that have either, either doing brilliant work or can talk about their career journey, their leadership ideas, all the different aspects and, and the sort of high on the agenda items that, that, that will interest people that do impact the leadership. And in this can-do leadership philosophy that you embrace in the world of Kant that you mentioned you you said that you've opened doors and I just want to hear about some of those doors that you've opened already for people so I think the really interesting thing is that if my, my book is based on my philosophy my my route to success so when I was in a, a university I went from from sales and marketing manager to director of campus services. So in effect, managing a very small team 
to in the end managing 21 different business functions, 600 people. And that journey has, has been incredible. And when, when I was working with the much larger team, we based it all around values. That, that's what we, we use to bring these people together. Because often what happens in larger organisations, it can become very siloed. The, the mentality can become very siloed. So we needed to break that down. And that is what we did. And we had people that were very customer facing, you know, very, um, they were operators and perhaps some of them, English wasn't their first language to people that were professionally qualified. So it was finding a way to unite these people and values was the way to do it. And we, we spent two years going on a big cultural change program and we had lots of success in, in that time. We, we broke down the silo mentality. We, we eradicated, to a great extent, the blame culture. We turned around an even greater profit and our customer service levels um, and satisfaction went, went through the roof. But I will always remember one story, and, and, and I'd left the university by that time, but about, I suppose it was about 18 months after I'd left, I got an email on LinkedIn from one of the guys that had been a gardener. And we always had this most fantastic gardening team. They were, they were absolutely great. But he said that through the work that he'd done with me and, 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 and campus services, that it, it inspired him to become a coach. And he just qualified as a coach. And he said, the work that you did and the approach that you took really inspired me. And I think, oh, my goodness, I left 18 months ago to have that that legacy and for somebody to take the time to write and say, thank you for inspiring me. Was just one of the times that I felt, I suppose, like a fish that climbed a tree. And, and that's what I do now in my work now. It is all about empowering teams and individuals to feel like they are a fish that's climbed a tree. And when they do, that is for me the biggest reward. I love it. And why is it important for you, Mel, to, to pull this podcast together, to pull all these resources together for this audience of higher education? What, what's the, the driving force, the, the why essentially behind it? The, the why for me is that I see this as a brilliant, brilliant sector. I worked for a relatively small university and it's, it still employed 1,600 people. So they are big employers and they have the opportunity to impact not just the lives of the students that come through, but, but the lives of the people that, that work there. And great leadership will help them do that. And for me, it's a really big, humongous goal, but I would really like to be one of the main contributors to helping leadership evolve and develop so that the workplace is happier, students are happier, they're learning more effectively, and we raise the bar of leadership in, in higher education. 
And what I've often noticed, Mel, when I'm speaking to people and they're sharing their purpose of why they want to do what they do, is that it comes or originates from a lack in their life. Is that the case for you? There is no doubt that I didn't get the development that I needed until I was in my early 30s. And I would say I had some innate skills that but I, I flew by the seat of my pants if I'm honest I was always a really good communicator I I believed in the power of team but one of the things that I really struggled with was that when people were different to me so I'm quite outgoing uh, gregarious and 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 I would get those immediate knee-jerk reactions that oh this person's different to me I don't know how to handle it or oh I'm not sure about them and, and that really did limit my effectiveness. And, and I just wish that I had had some of those skills that I learned in my 30s and my 40s in my 20s, because they, it would have made me more effective. Um, I think naturally, you know, that those times where things are tough and we don't get things right are the biggest opportunities for learning. But having somebody there that could help you and that's often the role of that we play as coaches that could help you go through that process it pick out the brilliant parts would make that learning journey even quicker and so i think that for me i hope this podcast will inspire those those new leaders coming in to higher education to go out there do the very best that they can learn from every experience and realize that it's never going to be, you know, an easy journey. And if they have an easy journey, then there's certainly things that they're missing. And what about the fishiness element? Because I know you like to bring in your fish into everything you do. Oh, yes. We've got to have a bit of, of fishiness. And, and, and that very much comes from the part that I believe, not just at work, but life in general, that we should have fun. We learn best when we are having fun and enjoying ourselves. Think about that, that time from when we're children from naught to five and how they learn and they explore and they look at the wonder of the world. And, and I think that my clients will always say, Mel will always do things differently. She'll always bring in that element of fun because that's when we become more open. Um, and, and I don't think that leadership should be difficult as in really hard going, hard, as in terms of facing up to what we have to face up to. Um, and I think that sometimes that, that fun element can be misunderstood. But so many people have said, oh, I so enjoyed that session. And then two, three weeks later, a month later, years later, something will come back to them and they'll go, ah, oh, yeah. And, and that's, that's the beauty of it, that it's fun but there is a serious edge to it and there will, there will always be results as through that fun. So thinking back to that moment all those years ago where Tim Parry was the progressive leader and introduced you to the world of coaching, what is it that as a, the progressive leader that you are, you're going to be introducing people to? I'm going to be introducing people to all the very different aspects of of my leadership journey, the people that have impacted me. So NLP was where it started. In the last few years, I've done quite a lot of work around um, energy and, and how our, our, our energy 
can affect our effectiveness. So my plan is to bring all different sorts of, of people in with all different sorts of, of specialisms, because again, different people will resonate to different ideas and, and thinking processes. So for example, Charlie, a great coaching friend of mine will be coming to speak about Carol Dweck's work about grace mindsets. And then Shirley will be coming to talk about, about the thinking environment and Nancy Klein's work. So there are, there are many, many different options out there. And I want to bring as many to the table because you can always find something that you will relate to. And then for people, they can go and explore that that further. And I hope that people will interact with the podcast and, and say, you know, I really enjoyed that. Can we have some more of that? Or can we dive deep into this? It will be a mix of, of experts with different ideas and also people in the sector that can really talk about what is going on. And interspersed with your voice too, I'm sure. Every now and then, yes, absolutely. So this collaboration of all of these experts, all of these different people coming into the space, bringing in the different energy and effectiveness in their different areas of speciality, sounds amazing, Mel. When When is it gonna be? happening are you going to do weekly is it going to be monthly tell us more about how the show is going to work so the show is going to be in seasons and each season is going to contain 12 episodes and fingers crossed this episode is going live on the 16th of march which happens to be my mum's birthday and my daughter's birthday and as you said to me right back way back when when we started working together oh so you're birthing something else and that's absolutely right I will be delivering hopefully my podcast pain-free on the 16th of March and then from then the episodes will be weekly and between each season there'll be a couple of weeks break and then I'm going to take a bigger break in September because I know that for higher education that is a uh, bonkers month when students are arriving and they don't want to be listening to me at that point so that is the idea so there will be a guest for three weeks and then on the fourth week I will do a dive deep climb high reflection piece around the conversations that I've had maybe the experiences that I can share with people and the observations I've made and in the encouragement for people to take action and demonstrate can-do leadership in a world of can't. Now, as you know, the podcast is an audible production. How can people reach out and connect with you and say, I've just listened to this. What's the best way for them to reach out and say that, Mel? They can reach out to me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook as well, if people want to get hold of me that way. So I'm on all the key social media channels and when this podcast goes live they will be able to connect with me on all the different podcast platforms that are out there what did you say instagram yes great what i want to ask you is what will they be reaching out for you for what do you want them to to share with you is it stories is it experiences is it what you'd like to have showcased on the show what they'd like to have you talk about what is it that you'd like them to do all of the above. Um, share your experiences, how you're finding the podcast, 
any guests that you'd like to, to see on the show, if you'd like to be a guest yourself, if they've, they've taken any positive action and stories that they'd like to share, even if they don't want to come on the podcast, that would be really wonderful. And let's get the higher education talking about leadership, talking about diving deep and talking about being fish that climb trees. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast with me, Mel Luizu. To help build our community of leadership listeners, please leave me an Apple podcast five-star review. Remember, our fishy adventure doesn't have to end here. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Links are in the show notes. Dive Deep, Climb High, can do leadership in a world of can't.